Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I am your host, Leo Elise. Thank you for joining us as we dive into the latest movie TV news from around the industry. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. Pondex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com and use code Larry21 for 10% off your first order. The link will be in the description. And as we continue, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so you can Keep up to date with all our upcoming videos. But our first main topic is the box office breakdown. Candyman has secured the top spot with a 22.3 million win over the weekend. DaCosta and Jordan Peele's Candyman ex- exceeded expectations with an impressive 22.3 million box office debut. The amount was more than enough to take the supernatural slasher movie straight to number one, sending Free Guy down to number two. Peel wrote the script for Candyman while DaCosta handled directing duties, and both have been praised for their work. Peel sought to pay tribute to Clive Barker's source material and redefine the role of African Americans in horror movies. 
Candyman exceeded all box office analyst predictions and is looking towards a strong theatrical run as the summer comes to a close. Globally, the slasher has taken in $27.5 million. Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy fell to number two at movie theaters this weekend after bringing in $13.5 million. The movie has made over $180 million globally since debuting in North American theaters three weeks ago. Word of mouth of marketing is slowly starting to bring more and more moviegoers into theaters to see the latest sci-fi action movie starring Reynolds. Paw Patrol the Movie, which is also currently streaming on Paramount Plus, landed in third position after earning only $6.6 million. Jungle Cruise fell from number three to number four this weekend with $5 million. Reviews on the latest from Dwayne The Rock Johnson have been mixed, but his performance alongside co-star Emily Blunt has been praised by both critics and viewers. And Jungle Cruise 2 is already in the works. And if you'd like to hear our review of the Jungle Cruise, you can click up on a little card button up top. And you can check it out. Suicide Squad brought in $2 million, which was enough to land the sixth spot. Globally, the latest from DC and Warner Brothers has earned $154.5 million. Number seven is the Protégé, which brought in $1.6 million. And at number eight is the Night House, which brought in $1.2. Black Widows continues to slow down at the box office, bringing in only $855K this weekend. And at number ten is Old at $830K. And now let us give our review of the Candyman. And our second main topic is Candyman. Today we're giving our review of the thriller and horror movie. Speak his name five times in a mirror, he'll split you from groin to gullet. It's the kind of spooky story often passed down in whispers, though in the Candyman series, which began nearly 30 years ago, it takes a terrifying physical form. The fourth and the latest film, directed by Naya da Costa, revisits the urban legend and more than earns its place as a decade later sequel. It's a modern update, in many ways a remix, of a black horror landmark. While it certainly pays homage to the existing saga, it also digs deeper into the mythos, unearthing volatile ideas that had always lurked just beneath the series' surface. The result is inventive, introspective, and above all, unsettling. Baby Anthony, who was kidnapped by the hook-handed Candyman in the 1992 original, is all grown up. Played by, uh, gonna butcher his name, Abdul Mateen II, he's now a modern artist who lives with his art gallery director girlfriend Brianna in a gentrified Chicago neighborhood, not far from the Cabrini Green housing project where the first film was set. He has never heard of the Candyman or about what happened to him as an infant. When he first learned of the legend, a story that film dramatizes through gorgeous folkloric shadow puppetry, he's undoubtedly intrigued. Anthony has been searching for new material for his canvas, so he decides to visit the largely condemned Cabrini Green, camera in hand, the way grad student Helen Lyle did in the first film when she interviewed Anthony's mother all those years ago. Movie, co-written by DaCosta, Wynn Rosenfeld, and Jordan Peele, is about the way the past ripples through time, so it takes many of its story cues from prior entries. 
However, its echoes aren't limited to characters and events previously shown on screen. When Helen first theorized that the Candyman was a collective coping mechanism in poor black communities, she was eventually proven wrong, but the 2021 film makes the fascinating decision to lean into this idea, while still treating the Candyman itself as a supernatural entity summoned by ritual. It explores the multitude of ways this myth was kept alive by the residents of Cabrini Green, in ways that both mirror the first film in which an impersonator briefly adopts the Candyman persona in ways that skillfully subvert it. During his search, Anthony meets a local haunting dramat owner, Bert, one of the neighborhood's last remaining residents who act as a keeper of forgotten myths. He regales Anthony with enrapturing details not only about the original Candyman, a black painter who was lynched for loving a white woman in the 19th century, but about other black men who either adopted or were saddled with the Candyman mantle over the years and who met similar fates at the hands of white supremacy. Some characters' connections to the Candyman are more literal and explicit. Others' connections are more abstract, told through subtle subtles in their costume and production design. <coughs> Excuse me. In the original three films from the 90s, Rubatili was a vengeful honeybee-infested spirit who represented unconfronted sins from a century prior. The new movie makes the case that those sins never truly ended. It finally approaches Candyman as something more complex than a vicious, albeit sympathetic, monster whose narrative purpose is ironically to be slain once more. Brianna, for instance, is haunted by her own personal, metaphorical Candyman, a lingering trauma for her childhood, which we say, see play out in flashbacks. She grew up wealthier than Anthony. But violent, negligent, racist systems have hurt her family, too. The past can only stay hidden for so long. And once the mere ritual makes its way back out into the world, the resurgence is a treat. Candyman is by no means a mystery to the audience. DaCosta rightfully treats the mere presence of honeybees as ominous, but the film's violence is deliciously mysterious. It can be shocking and stark, and it can also be tongue-in-cheek. What separates it from prior entries is that it ki its kills are rarely shown from the perspectives of the people who summon Candyman, to whom he usually appears in person. Initially, the violence is presented from an outsider's point of view, with victims left at the mercy of an unseen force, visibly only in shadows and reflections, as we watch helplessly from a distance. The Candyman feels even more often otherworldly than he did before, and his emergence from pieces of art and architecture speak to the ways in which violence can infest the walls and stories of a community. The film's violence is deliciously mysterious. The film withholds its slasher moments for about as long as the original did. In the meantime, it bides its time with a creeping, slow burn exploration of spaces and the way people and their stories are shaped by their environments. DaCosta, cinematographer John Galisterian, and editor Katrin Hedstrom always ensure the audience has an understanding of how each character moves about the frame and how they exist within each setting. Before the film cuts to close-ups, composer Robert Lowe focuses similarly on distracting emotions from physical structures. His music evokes the atmospheric sounds of Philip Glass, who scored the first two entries, but he also injects the many shots of Chicago's architecture with hard-hitting, propulsive compositions as if something were waiting to burst forth from the city's very fabric. The film in key moments critiques the approach to art 
and turns the camera on itself, as if to question the purpose of telling stories of black pain in the first place. DaCosta and Peel are the first black storytellers to put their stamp on Candyman, and they bring a thoughtfulness to the material which previous entries lacked, both narratively and visually. You only need one hand to count the film's traditional scares, the jumpy, startling kind accompanied by jagged, jagged sounds because DaCosta's approach is far from traditional, turning many of the historic trends of Hollywood horror on their head some of which date back to the birth of a nation from 1915. Rather than only approaching Candyman as an unknown terror waiting to pounce on Roman rural white women, as in all three prior films, also takes an inside-out approach and frames the series mythos as a distinctly known quantity to many of its black characters. What they know about the world and its violent power structures scare them, so f- scare them far more than what they don't know. In the new film, horror and bloodshed don't feel sudden. Rather, they feel inevitable and unstoppable, as long as has long been the reality of black communities that over-policed. Before long, Anthony's investigations and the Candyman story begin to consume him in more ways than one, leading to an unexpected conclusion that feels both satisfying and uniquely bone-chilling. Without erasing what came before it, the film pushes the character and his mythology in a fascinating new direction which not only has the potential to re-establish him as a fixture of pop culture, but which acts as a vital course correction, reclaiming who gets to tell the story of blackness in American cinema. And now our final topic, passing of Ed Asner. We lost another legend as veteran actor activist, Ed Asner passed away. Asner brought laughter into millions with his role as Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, along with many other roles. Passed away peacefully on Sunday morning while surrounded by family members. The cause of death was not revealed for the for the beloved entertainer. He was 91 years old. Television icon Asner is the most awarded male performer in Emmy history with seven total wins for his acting. Five of those were for his role as Lou Grant on one of the most popular classic television series, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Playing the role, he also reprised his role of Lou Grant for his own spinoff series, Lou Grant, which ran for five seasons between 1977 and 1982. In addition to his small screen work, Asner has appeared in many movies over the years. He played the villain to John Wayne as Bart Jason in the 1966 El Dorado, Some of his other memorable movie roles include Guy Bannister in JFK, Uncle Charlie in Hard Rain, and the voice of Carl Fredrickson in Pixar's Up. He also played Santa Claus in many features, including the 1996 story Santa Claus and 2003's Elf. Over the past decade, Asner continued to act through his 80s and into his early 90s, having, teach, uh, having roles on TV shows like Working Class, Michael, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and The Good Wife. Last year, he appeared in an episode of Modern Family and had a reoccurring role on Brighter Patch. As a prolific actor, Azrin has been seen in many, many other notable TV shows over several decades, including Animaniacs, Roseanne, The X-Files, The Simpsons, CSI New York, 
Hester's death comes just days before his last ever role comes along in the new Disney Plus series, Doug Days, serving as a spin-off series to Up. The show brings back Asner to reprise the role of Carl, as he'd already completed all of his voice acting for the character. The series is set to debut on September 1st. At this Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.